Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. What's going on, everybody? It is time for another episode of Safe Talk. It is your host, Billy Floyd, along with our other host, Jenny Hunter, the star of the program. Jenny, how are you doing? I am great. How are you doing? I'm feeling fantastic, Jenny. It has been a phenomenal October. It has been a life-changing month in the absolute best way possible. Had a lot of fun celebrating all the Halloween festivities, hanging out with my friends, the kids, dressing up. It has been such a special time of the year, and I'm just so ready to continue on with this positivity and all the good stuff that we bring to the table and sharing all the love. How does that sound? That sounds like exactly what I have been thinking, Billy. I love the fall. I absolutely love October. It lifts my spirits to see all the seasonal changes outside, the colors of the leaves and everything that's going on outdoors. And then it's kind of like um, when you move into these seasons, and we're talking about in the United States, people seem to get happier and uh, want to do things together and all that type of stuff. So I, I'm i excited. Well, it looks like that you and I are on the same page. This is not a surprise at all because we got that peanut butter jelly connection, you and I, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, let's get into another fantastic episode of Safe Talk. And before we begin, we always want to let you know that we want you to be a part of the conversation in any possible way, however you want to be involved, we want you in this. So please feel free to reach out to me at any time with any type of question, anything you could possibly think of. You can email me at williampeariedfloyd214 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, X, TikTok, Facebook with the handle at one Billy Floyd. So hit my messenger, shoot it up in my DM, and I will be there for you. And Jenny, I know you would do the same for everybody who listens. So what would you like to say? How can they find you? So Billy, um, we are on most social platforms under the name JR's Hunt for Life. That's the name of our nonprofit, and that is uh, concerning suicide prevention. We're on the web under that same name. Uh, my email is jlh35 at hotmail.com. My phone number in the United States, 307-259-6032. Facebook support page, JR's Hump for Life, Facebook nonprofit page under the same name. Just look anywhere for JR's Hump for Life and you will find me. <laughs> Jenny Hunter is somebody who cannot be missed all over the place, <laughs> all over the map, and always doing it for others. So since we have that all wrapped up and locked in, let's begin 
a new episode of Safe Talk. And today's topic is when you're worried about a friend who doesn't want help. I can say from experience, I know plenty of these people. And I think if you're a human being, you can also say you at least know one person who's like this. And I think it's very tough for people to accept help, mostly because people don't want to look weak. People don't want to look like they have to depend on anybody. People want to believe that they have it all put together. People want to believe that they have everything figured out. But the reality is sometimes we do not have a grip on life. We don't have things figured out. We're going through a big time struggle and we need to get assistance. And we need to rely on the people that we love to help us because we all know deep down, even if we don't want the help because we might be a little embarrassed, we know that the people who love us will be there at all costs. So Jenny, to start things off, do you have anybody in mind when I mention this topic? Can you think of any real life examples that you would like to describe for us? Oh, boy, Billy, do I. I have had these experiences throughout my life. I'm going to talk about some more recent ones, though. Uh, I had an experience with a very close uh, family member who was having issues with an alcohol um, I don't know if you want to call it addiction, uh, but um, this person had been affected by a suicide, and this was their way of trying to deal with that suicide, and the drinking got worse and worse, and the acting out, and all this type of thing, so <clears throat> we actually did an intervention with this person where uh, a, a, a um, professional interventionist uh, was flown here and we did it exactly like this person said to do it. Uh, our family gathered. We tried to talk to this person and it was very explosive. We were hoping for the best, of course, naturally. But it turned out to be, like I said, very explosive, very uncomfortable. And, and you know, it, sometimes it is uncomfortable for those of us who are trying to help someone. But this was to the point of um, a lot of um, acting out on the behalf of the person we were trying to help. Um, that person actually left the uh, building that we were in. And the interventionist went after that person, and it it, it was just it, it was not a good experience uh, for any of us. And that person ultimately decided they and they told us they can do it themselves. They absolutely were going to do it themselves, and they were going to do it however they wanted to do it. And we needed to just back off and leave them alone, et cetera, et cetera. And boy, that burst our bubble. Oh, my gosh, did that burst our bubble. Because, you know, I mean, there's programs on TV about intervention and things. And so um, 
most of those turn out in a positive way. Well, this did not at that time. Uh, and so that uh, intervention went on for a few hours with a lot of um, expletives from this person and yelling and screaming and leaving and coming back. And, um, you know, after that, a person can say, wow, I'm never doing this again. I am not going to try and help again. I am not going to interfere. They can just go down the road they want to go. They can um, self-destruct, whatever. I am not going to do this again because it was not um, a good, a positive, a warm and fuzzy experience. Um and that that um, kind of set the tone for any other professional interventions that uh, we may have done. We have not done another one since then because we have not felt that um, it was necessary um, after that one. Now, another one that happened was actually with my husband, and it was years ago. And it was late at night, and he was still up. And outside of our house, uh, across the street, he uh, witnessed uh, a couple that were fighting. And it just so happens that um, the male part was beating on the female part. And it it was very shocking to him. And he came and got me and he ran outside and actually the girl ran to our house and she was she was injured very badly and she ran to our house and my husband called the police and they came and they did an investigation and what happened with that was um, the male counterpart pled not guilty and had a trial or had uh, was going to have a trial, and my husband was a witness, and he was subpoenaed, and all that kind of stuff, and he went to this trial, and he saw that couple sitting together, lovey-dovey, in the trial, in the, in the courtroom, and the a female would not testify against her husband. And they dismissed the case. And my husband was very, very upset about it because we had seen how badly she was hurt. We were afraid next time she was going to be hurt worse. And he he swore at that time, I will never, ever, ever try to help someone in that situation again. I'm not going to do it. I tried. They didn't want the help. They want to go down this road. They want to put themselves in danger. Uh Uh-uh, not doing it again. Because it's emotional. It's emotional. Both these experiences were emotional for us. Um, And that was what we call domestic violence. And the reason uh, domestic violence is so, um, uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. There are murder-suicides with domestic violence. Um, There are suicides uh, regarding that first intervention I talked about. Uh, Now, Billy, the last one I'm going to talk about, and then we're going to defer to you and your experiences. But the 
last one I want to bring up is our son, JR. And we had tried for a very long time to help him um, in his relationship uh, with his wife. They were not um, getting along and he was not quite sure what to do. And he had, as I had talked before, when we first started these podcasts, he had lost his business. They had lost their house. Um, they were just like on skid row and the families were trying to help them. We were all trying to help them. And we knew JR was suicidal because he had voiced that. He was not secretive about it, which is very unusual. Uh, he went and tried to get help uh, for his suicide ideations uh, himself. He paid for therapy. He um, went to his doctor. He, you know, he explored uh, ways to keep himself alive. And um, the week that 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 we did lose him, we had visited with him and told him, we, we will move you out of the house uh, where the two of you are living. You can come live with us. We will do whatever it takes, JR, um, to get you through this um, time in your life. And um, he would not move out of his house. He did not want to accept our help. And it was not in a negative fashion. He just told us he loved us and what was going to happen was going to happen. And um, so there was another failed attempt at uh, trying to help someone that you're worried about. So, um, you know, when you have these times that you're trying to help people and it doesn't turn out the way that you had hoped, you have to make the decision, am I going to continue to try to help people or am I not? And evidently, we both, you and I, Billy, have determined we are going to continue to help people, try to help people. Um, so now, Billy, I'm going to defer to you and let's hear about some of your experiences. Well, first off, Jenny, I do want to say that it is very frustrating. And I don't mean to say that in a negative way, but it's the truth. It's very yeah. frustrating when you want to be there for someone and they just won't take the help. They won't take the advice. And what's really unfortunate is they won't take the love because I know sometimes people might be embarrassed. They might think, I don't need someone's help because I can handle it on my own. We're really offering love. And if you can paint that picture in your head that someone's just trying to love me and be there for me, this isn't embarrassing. This isn't something to be ashamed about. So I feel like people need to kind of have that mindset going forward when it comes to being able to accept help. Now, your stories are all very, very challenging. Every single one had its own different challenges. And I know you, and I know your husband, and I know the backbone of your family. 
is to help people. And I feel like I'm the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And I know that I am that way because that's why you chose me to help you with this podcast. And I'm always super grateful for it. I always do what I can to help people. And the reason why I always do that is because, and I've said this plenty of times on this show, is it only takes one. And when I say that, it means anytime you're trying to pursue something, anytime you're trying to make something happen, it's going to take a lot of attempts to get it right. It's going to take a lot of shots to make the right one. Sometimes you have to miss tons and tons of shots to get that one make that you've been waiting for for a long time. And you have to deal with the frustration in the misses, in the failures, in all the moments where you don't succeed. But when you finally do hit that shot, when you finally do make that moment become a reality, you're able to really sit back and feel something that you never even knew you could feel before. The feeling of finally succeeding and finally helping is way better than any type of thought you could have had about it. It is so freaking rewarding. And it's tough because there's so many situations that I've been in where someone will either come to me for help or they clearly need help. And I'll be that person who's always asking them the questions, always trying to get them to think. Never trying to tell people what to do, but maybe telling people what I would do. I would tell people stories about what I've heard works and what are some good things to try. Switch things up a little bit. See how this goes if you want to give this a little effort. And the reality is, is most people don't want it. Most people don't change. There's been so many times, Jenny, where I try to help people and they end up making fun of me or kind of like dissing me for trying to help them. They'll be like, like there's been so many times, you know who uh, Joel Olstein is, right? Right. Right. I love Joel Olstein. He's always speaking positivity. He's on late at night. Mm-hmm. Like Sometimes people will be like, oh, who do you think you are? What are you, Joe Olstein? What are you, Tony Robbins? <laughs> who do you think you are, Tim Grover? Like, well, like all right, bro, like, chill out with that. And it's like, you know what? I'm just trying to be someone that you clearly freaking need. And I never say that. I never get defensive. Yeah. I never throw it in their face. But it's frustrating because that doesn't happen a lot, but it has happened before. Sometimes other people are like, yeah, I, I know, I know, I want to do it. And then they don't really do anything from it. I've never been in any type of situation that you were in where there was like serious trouble and serious problems that came out of it. But there is someone in particular that I'm very close with and they're dealing with a lot. I mean, a lot. And I do whatever I can and my people do whatever we can to help them, but they don't accept any of the help. And I know that they need the help because they're very outspoken about it. But then when it's time to help them, they won't accept the help because they believe that they are worthless. They believe that they don't deserve it. They believe that they're a waste of space. And it's just frustrating because 
we clearly love this person and we are going to be there for them at all costs. Mm -hmm. All they have to do is just let us talk to them, give them some food, let them go out with us, anything. But again, like we talked about, some people just don't want the help and they're not going to accept it because they have a tough time accepting themselves and they have a tough time accepting the fact that it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to lean on people who care about you. The whole point of life is connections, love, positivity, and going places together. So I really think we have to continue to make that the focus and eventually all the right people are going to chime in and be a part of what's happening and they will lock in one way or another. Jenny, this conversation is firing me up right now. It is very, very deep and it's very impactful, but we're going to need to take a quick break. So thank you everyone for listening. We are going to be right back, but first we need to get a quick word in from our local sponsors. It's Billy Floyd. It's Jenny Hunter coming to you live on tape. Jenny, this conversation has been really deep and meaningful so far. We've talked about real life experiences when it comes to helping people out, even though they might not want the help or they're having a tough time accepting the help. We're talking about when we're worried about friends who don't want help, but they clearly need a hand, they need some advice. So Mm -hmm. I shared my stories. You talked about your personal life and what you've gone through. Very, very real, very, very meaningful. Now I want to direct the conversation back to you, Jenny. Do you want to continue on with talking about what I just spoke about? Or do you can answer a question I have? Because a question I have is like, I mean, I, I think my reasoning for it is people get a little embarrassed or they're scared or they want to act like they're strong so they don't look weak in front of people. But are there any other reasons why, like, my friends or my people don't want to get help? What can you answer for me? Well, I would say everyone is different. Everyone has their reasons. Uh, it's not, you know, we probably will never know exactly what their reasons are. I know myself, I'm stubborn. I have a stubborn streak. And uh, if someone offers help, uh, no, I can do it. I got it. I can do it. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm sitting here looking at my vacuum cleaner. And maybe my husband will want to clean it up for me, and I can, I'll go. No, I can do that. You know, I mean, it's it's. I'm a, just a little stubborn, and maybe that's um, some of the reasoning. Some of the other reasoning is they uh, may be a little too afraid of a stigma or a judgment if they open up uh, about what's really going on. Maybe they. Um, 
their persona to you, and I'm just going off the cuff here, Billy, but their persona to you or to me is they're a strong person, they're a smart person, they don't have any problems. And the minute they admit they have a problem to them, they may feel like that weakens them a bit. It, they may feel like you may not, other people may not look at them in the fashion they want to be looked at. Does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense, and it's very clear. It's unfortunate that that's the case, but when you put it that way, it's obviously easy to understand. Now, do you think there's any more reasons that people need oh, to be yeah. aware of? Oh, yeah. There's lots and lots of stuff. So um, let's get into this uh, a little bit um, differently now. I think you nailed it on the head when you said, look, the real reason we help each other is because we love each other. Uh, and we perceive there's a problem with the people that we love. Now, you can love uh, uh, a stranger. You can love a friend. You can love a family member. You can love and care for human beings no matter who they are, when you see someone going through something that is painful or hurtful or embarrassing or whatever the case, I don't know about you, but I'm always ready to jump in the mix and help them out, no matter what it takes. I'm always ready. So when you express concern for these people that are struggling, you always hope for that they'll open up to you tell you what's going on maybe, uh, telling telling you maybe there's a health, serious health problem, maybe there's a mental illness, maybe uh, they have lost their job, maybe they have no money. Um, you know, there's all kinds, there's a myriad of things that may be going on with them. And you, your baseline is that you hope they will agree to get help. Uh, either let you help them or they can go seek help. Um, but, you know, what what happens if they won't tell you what's going on? What happens if they totally resist what you're doing, just like the intervention? I mean, that was absolute and total resistance and rejection of what we were trying to do. So, you know, how does that make you feel? Um, let's go through that a little bit. You brought that up a little bit. Before we move on, let's let's talk about that. So how how do we feel when we're trying to help someone and it's in our guts to do it? You don't want to see them suffer. You don't want to see them going through what they're going through, and and they absolutely resist us, um, good or bad way. Um, anger or friendly resistance, I don't care what it is, but at any rate, they're resisting. They won't tell you what's going on. They don't They don't want to admit that there's anything going on when they, you know, sometimes uh, they're not, not even going to admit it to themselves. There's a lot of times, not a lot of times, but there are times when I won't even admit it to myself what's going on um, with me or with someone else. And that's that that word frustrating, yes, it is frustrating. Yes, it does cause us to be anxious, especially anxious about that person we're trying to help. Are they safe? Uh, what are they going to do next? How can I help them? 
you know, be safe. Um, you know, and don't let your attempt to help that perhaps it has failed. Um, don't give up. Don't it, that that first time maybe they they did resist. But don't give up. I mean, you, you like my husband, may say, oh, man, I'm never doing this again. I am never going to. And he considered it, a, a, you know, he thought this lady next time might lose her life because it was a severe beating. Um, he thought, you know, it embarrassed him that he showed up in court. And here's our neighbors. And. They're saying, oh, no, everything's fine and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, that embarrassed him. Uh, and so he – and he was angry. He was angry at um, the woman because she didn't care enough as much about herself as he cared about her evidently, and that's what he felt. So, and sometimes you do get that feeling that that's that's another response you might have is, well, evidently I care more about your welfare than you care about your welfare. So why should I? Why should I waste my time caring about you um, when you don't care enough to take care of yourself? Um, so there's all kinds of feelings that come with trying to help someone and they resist you and they won't accept your help when all you're doing is you're trying to, as you said, love them into acceptance of, you know, accepting your help. Does, it, does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. And we just need to make it clear that whoever it is that we're talking to and whoever it is that we love, we have to show them that we thoroughly accept them. And it's tough because I think a lot of people have a tough time accepting who they are and they have a tough time accepting the fact that other people accept them. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants to be in tune with others. And I know for a fact that everybody wants to be in tune with themselves and the hardest part is having that imposter syndrome and you think like no one likes me, no one accepts me, no one wants me around, nobody wants to hear from me, nobody wants to have me in the same room, nobody wants to look at me and it's tough because that is something that you can't just click out of your head. You can't just change your mindset overnight and say, you know what, I'm going to start caring. I'm going to start believing. I'm going to start accepting myself. I'm going to think all this good stuff. You can always have more of a positive mindset and chip away at potentially feeling like that, but it can't just happen overnight. But the message to anybody who's feeling like that is there's at least one person out there who needs you and relies on you for laughs and love and positivity and greatness. And you just have to accept that. And the more that you can appreciate that and be grateful for that, the more you can feel like yourself. And when you feel like yourself, the more good you can do and the more people you can help and the better life that you can live. And it all starts with that inner work 
that you have to do on yourself. And when you're confident enough, when you're strong enough to let someone else help you when you need it, it can just accelerate the process way faster. Because sometimes I think we believe that we might have an answer. We might have the keys. We might have the option that we need to take, the decision we have to make. But we always think to ourselves, ah, I, I can't trust myself because what if I make the wrong decision or there's no proof that this will work? The only proof I have is this idea and this vision that I have. But the reality is your gut is right and you got to do what you have to do. But what's also true is if you have a tough time accepting the truth to yourself, you can go to other people and get the help and talk to them about it because there's people that you know that are at higher levels or whatnot and they appreciate where they're at and they can do what they can to help you live your best life. So that's my two cents on that situation, Jenny. I'm appreciative (laughs) that you always ask for my side. Now, I want to wrap things up here because we're getting to the end of the program. So how do you want to leave everybody here tonight, Jenny? We're going to cover so many more bases in the next several episodes on this topic, but how are we going to wrap up the first topic or the first episode on this topic? Well, I would say, Billy, that yes, you're right. There is a whole lot more to talk about. Uh, but let's let's um, finish up this one by saying, if someone does not accept your help, whether in a friendly way or an unfriendly way, do not take it personally, because obviously we know there's a problem or some type of issue, or we would not have recognized that and reached out. And so when a person is in a conundrum and they don't know what to do, they're having personal issues in their life, they, you know, they're going to strike out sometimes, they're going to um, hit you where it hurts, they're not going to accept your help, do not take it personally. And until we talk next time, remember that you try and help someone and they Um, refuse or resist or whatever the case, they're just not going to listen to you or they listen to you and they say, well, that's all fine and good, but you're not me and you don't understand. Do not take it personally and do not give up. Do not quit. Do not give up. Understand that that person obviously needs some form of support and or help. And hopefully, uh, by not giving up and being persistent and being there and allowing them to see that, hey, I still care for you whether you want to listen to me or not. You you have not offended me by not accepting my help, and I'm not going to leave because I want you to know that I care enough about you. I love you enough to try and help you regardless of, um, you know, how you are um, not accepting of my support. And I, so that's what I want is I want people to know until we talk next time, if you do reach out and try and help someone and they resist you, do not take it personally, just stick with them. And we're going to talk more about this topic in our next episode.
I think you hit it right on the head, Jenny. You can't take anything personal, and that goes for anything in life. Sometimes people are upset about something, and it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you, and it's all on them, and sometimes they just say something that is uncalled for or they make you feel bad for trying to help. No matter what, you cannot ever take it personal. And that is a great way to end this episode. Final message of the day. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Jenny, thank you so much for your time. It means the world to me that I get to be here on this call with you. And to everybody who's listening, you right there sitting down and tuning in, thank you so much for always being such a loyal supporter of the program. Without you, we don't have a show. So thanks for embracing the messages, embracing all of the good vibes and positivity and understanding that we're having these conversations to help people live a better life so they can live their life to the fullest and do what they have to do to be successful. Because talk saves lives, and that's what we do here, right, Jenny? Absolutely, and we're going to keep talking, Billy. We are not giving up. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. It's just the beginning, just the beginning, baby. Yep, yep, it is. Thank you, Billy, so much. Love you to pieces, and we will talk again. Love you too, Jenny, and thank you so much, and thank you so much to everybody who's listening. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org. If someone in your life is feeling suicidal, it's important to take immediate action. Here are some steps you can take to help. Number one, stay calm and listen. It's important to approach the situation with a calm demeanor. Listen to their concerns and validate their feelings. No judgments. Let them know you're there to help and support them. Number two, take it seriously. It's crucial to take any suicidal thoughts or feelings seriously. Don't downplay or dismiss their concerns, and don't promise confidentiality if you feel the person is in immediate danger. Number three, seek professional help. Encourage the person to seek help from a mental health professional like a therapist or a counselor. Offer to help them make an appointment and offer to accompany them to their first session. Be sure to follow through. Number four, call emergency services. If the person is in immediate danger, call 911. If it's safe for you, stay with the person until professionals are with them and continue to offer support. Number five, remove potential means. 
If you know the person has access to firearms, medications, or other potentially lethal objects, try to remove them from the person's immediate environment as long as it's safe for you to do so. If it is not safe for you to remove potential means, advise emergency services of the situation. Remember, suicidal thoughts and feelings are a sign of intense emotional pain and should be taken very seriously. By offering support and taking appropriate action, you can help someone in crisis get the help they need. Another thing to know is that 988, the National Crisis Line, which used to be 1-800-LIFELINE, cannot track your location unlike 911. Therefore, they cannot directly send an ambulance to you and must make several phone calls to do so. Additionally, when you call 988, they will connect you to a regional crisis center based on the area code from which you were calling. So it's essential to know the appropriate crisis line to call based on your location and the level of crisis. If someone actually did something to try to not be alive, call 911 or take them to the ER. If they are thinking about doing something, consider calling 988 first. They can help you decide if you need to take additional steps. Action and ideas are two different things. You can learn how to tell them apart and what to do about it, as well as find more information and support around suicide prevention by joining our private Facebook group at JR's Hunt for Life, a confidential safe space where there's no judgment and talk saves lives.